Blog Talk Radio. This is Prophecy Zone Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to the prophecy zone. This is Phil Armstrong and we are going to be talking about Bible prophecy today. Uh... What is on the radar uh, for the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks? There is a lot of people, a lot of, uh, well, a small remnant compared to the population of the world. But there's a lot of people, a lot of my friends on Facebook, a lot of my group members, and I'm pretty sure millions more are in unison that the Lord is coming back for his people soon. Uh, and then there's a large portion who don't believe there is a rapture, and I would like to talk about that right off the bat. Um, um, however, I would like to talk about a little bit about the news, about the earthquakes that happened in Virginia. Uh, are those due to common alanine coming this way? Uh, we have yet to uh, come to a answer on that <laughs> but um, alanine is in our solar system it is headed this way uh, and it is making a entrance into our uh, immediate orbit and it is to be crossing paths sometime around September 15th um, right now I want to sort of go uh <coughs> And, and venture off and talk about this comment because uh, the Bible said that there should be uh, signs and the sun, moon, and stars. Go to Luke 21, 25, and I'm going to read it. It goes as follows. It says in there, in verse 25, and there should be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth to stretch of nations with perplexity. Now, you tell me those people coming out of those buildings on the uh, earthquakes were not perplexed, especially on the East Coast, because they, they call it, the, the main word was unusual in the media. Uh, and uh, this verse says, with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring. In this case, no seas, 
But uh, the hurricane is headed this way. <laughs> we'll handle that, the rest of that. Uh, but right quick, <coughs> I want to, I'm looking at a, 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 a scale where uh, you can go look it up. Uh, it's www.elenine.org. Uh, and you got to scroll down and go see a module where you can see where this uh, earthquake, I mean, excuse me, earthquake, so intense with earthquakes, where you can see where this um, uh, comet slash dwarf star slash alien spaceship slash whatever it is, uh, you can see where where it is. And it's not that far away, folks. Uh, Right now it's the distance, I think, between the Earth and Mercury. It's pretty well, actually, it's about two distance of that, but it's flying down at eighty five thousand miles an hour, so uh it depends on the size of this thing, but the computer module has already been set, and uh I'm gonna give you a few dates what I see on the on the module what the module is it's uh you press some buttons and and on the module you see the comet and the solar system all the planets moving and and unity. Um, and, it's a, and, it's, and it's based off crunched mathematical equations, I guess. And um, right now we're at the 26th. So uh, right now the date I have it on the scale is 20, uh, September 7th, and we have no alignment yet. But um, around September 24th, it looks like an alignment. But we could see activities happening uh, much earlier than... Uh, that now, common alien, now alien, common alien uh, is uh, in, in speculation right now. Uh, what is it now? The Bible says that God, and I and I think a lot of Christians are missing this one. It says that God will send them, the people on the earth, a strong delusion. They did believe the lie. Now, I'm not making any speculation of what Elanine is or what they're going to say it is. I'm I'm almost positive, though, that the lie will consist of, first of all, another gospel, which we already into that now. You can just watch your your local television. Uh, your your Christian television networks and find out we are already in another gospel. Matter of fact, you don't even have to do that. Just go down the street to your local church, and uh, people in there believe a lot different from what the preachers t- preaching. If it's a legit church, and then there you go down the street a couple of blocks further, you're gonna find somebody who's way off. Uh, so the gospel is already being uh, has been getting neglected the true gospel been being neglected for 50, 60, 70 years um, so going back to Elamine in this, in this computer module we're playing with here September 24, 2011 will be a, a, a perfect alignment and then 2000 uh, uh, September 25th, 2011 will be another alignment. It's still, a, it's still an alignment for a while, all the way up until the 29th. Now, 
on the 29th, which is Rosh Hashanah, which is a feast of the Lord, um, it is sort of in the way, but it's halfway in the way and halfway out of the way, and then on the 30th. So I think what's happening here and what people, what we, we tend to be missing is uh, on this computer module, it could be off. Uh, it can be off. So these dates that I'm giving you. Um, now, let me remind you again that, that the Bible is saying in verse uh, chapter 21 of Luke, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distressed of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring, man's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And um, like you see, those people running out of that uh, those buildings in New York City and and walking all on top of the White House and Capitol building, and, and then it, 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 the thing did a lot of damage, a lot more damage than they thought it was going to do. Uh, people thought it was, you know. On national television, we just thought it was no damage at all, you know, just some shaking. But once they started showing the damage, it was pretty obvious that it was damage. Um, now, did Elenine cause that? We don't know. It's pure speculation. I think it did. Um, and, and, I, and I believe that it's a sign uh, that uh, Jesus is coming back and say, well, there's always been earthquakes. And yeah, you're true, but not in this variety, not in this quality, quantity, uh, <laughs> not in the small gap of time. Uh, it, you you have a, an acceleration of earthquakes, uh, and I have on my screen, also on the another screen, I have an earthquake counter. It's a rotational. Uh, Earth spinning on its axis, and you see nothing but black, and then you see arrows of where these earthquakes happen. And uh, once Elanine uh, comes closer, I'm gonna pull this thing out. Uh, it's on my computer. It's a basic basic desktop um, program. It's an awesome program. And you can see the Earth spinning, and you can see the dials. You can you can change. Uh, Perimeters on the on this thing, and you can see the dials. Uh, and uh, we need to. I need to probably bring it forward, but it, I I don't know the name of this thing, but it, it's an earthquake counter, I guess. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be watching earthquakes pretty pretty closely. Uh, I'm not that big of a watcher, uh, believe it or not. I, I watch NFL football. <laughs> and then I watch my kids, so nobody can accuse me of overkill. Uh, you might be able to convince me of overkill for the next couple of weeks, but you can never accuse me of overkill. And what I mean by overkill is always looking, always looking, always looking. I'm watching, yeah, but it doesn't tell you to kill yourself while you watch. But I think it's enjoyable to have all these little gadgets and be able to tell you know, science, play with science, play with these things and see what you can get. You can go on the Internet and get this thing. Uh, and I'm sorry I don't know the name of it because it even cuts the name off the module. 
But anyway, it's pretty neat. It's, um, and I might have it in one of my next videos uh, coming up. Uh, anyway, uh, so Elanine on the 27th will be in the way. And I want to explain something for a second for those who understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Elanine is a... Uh, a problem, but it won't hit the earth. Elanine would not make impact with the earth. Uh, it will go past the earth's system, and and that is the 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 wonder of the word of God, because the word of God never said a meteor or some comet was going to hit the earth early on before the tribulation period starts, and never said that. Uh, the tribulation period is seven years, uh, spoken of in Daniel uh, Daniel nine, uh, Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one, um, and it would be the last days of the judgment of the wicked upon the earth. Uh, so let me go fast forward. So on the twenty eighth, you see a little crack. And they, some people are saying that this could cause three days of darkness, and I see why. It depends on how, with the size of the comet or the spaceship or the uh, the dwarf brown dwarf star is depends on the size of it. Uh, on the 29th is a crack, and I wonder why that crack is there for. And on the 30th there's a big crack. So if you play around with the modules, with the module and spin it around. There's a huge crack, and and the thing is that I find so, um, intriguing about the the space. Uh, and what I mean by crack is on the on the twenty seventh, it's a complete alignment, so you can't see the sun on the twenty sixth, and on the twenty seventh it's the same thing. But on the twenty eighth, is it still you still can't see the sun, but on the twenty ninth it begins to the earth, the Elanine begins to move out the way slightly of the earth. And then on the 30th, it moves halfway off so you can see sort of the sun. And I want to make a point that the two witnesses will have to make a judgment on the new year. See, there, there are two witnesses that go to the Sanhedrin and say, hey, this is, uh, Rosh Hashanah, we are in a new year. And they would have to be able to see that the, the sun's reflection would have to be on the moon for them to be able to see what's going on and understand that it is a new year. So every year, the two witnesses will come to the Sanhedrin and say, hey, it is now Rosh Hashanah or it is now a new year. And 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 also on Rosh Hashanah, which is the of this year, the twenty eighth and twenty ninth. Actually, the twenty it starts on the twenty eighth, goes through all the way up to the end of September thirtieth. Um, so you would be able to see uh, the sun and the moon at that time, which I think is kind of intriguing. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to continue to explain. But the rapture of the church could possibly happen on this time frame. And uh, the Bible says that uh, he should come as a thief in the night. 
I wonder was that a uh I wonder does this happen maybe every thousand years? Maybe the sun is darkest like in Alaska. You go to Alaska, you notice that the uh <laughs> the sun is darkened. Uh, and they don't have light for a long time. So Alaskans are used to it. It's going to be like cakewalk with Alaskans up there when the, this thing happens. To us, it's going to be kind of odd if it does happen. Is it going to happen? I don't know. You have to stay tuned. Uh, this is the this is why this thing is so exciting. Uh, is the rapture going to happen? Stay tuned. I'm I'm praying that it does. I'm I'm praying with all prayer that it does. Well, anyway, let's uh, go ahead and now. Elanine comes very close to the Earth around the, the October 11th, October 12th, 2011. Uh, and this thing goes dramatically close around October 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th. It's still close. 19th, 20th. Oh, it's extremely close. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Still close. Ooh. Gosh, it's still close. Even 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 at November third, it's very close. It's almost like a near miss. And right after that comment, uh, it is still in alignment. It was it was a big time alignment just before the comet left the uh, started leaving the solar system. It was a huge alignment between. And this time it's four of them. I just noticed that myself. Uh, it's Mercury, Mercury, uh, Venus, Earth, and Alanine are sort of all lined up, so we might end up having some great catastrophes there. But also, somebody mentioned something about the 22nd of um, November, which is the day John Kennedy killed, and the globalists love numbers. And if you, if, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Masons at 33 degrees, but uh, the 11th month, the 22nd day is when John Kennedy was killed, uh, Daily Plaza. And uh, uh, they love dates. They love dates. Talk about date setters. You want to know who's date setters? The globalists. Uh, the ones who really run the world are what you call pure date setters. Uh in the in the news, uh, I I I want to talk to y'all quickly. Uh, uh, something's wrong with my news, so I might not be able to do it as much as I want. Uh, well, we know uh, that Libya was just taken down. We know that uh, the uh, Qaddafi regime is gone. And they replaced it with, <laughs> you see the retarded, if you're going to use the word retarded, use it with our government. Pray for them first. Do what God tell you to do. But if you want to, I don't, I don't, if you notice on the shows, I don't criticize the government every day. That's not my ministry. Um, but if you want to think about retardation of the world governments or retardation of our government, um, look at who they used to replace uh, Gaddafi. 
it makes you want to take a deep breath and just wonder why. And it, and the funny thing is, they don't just come out and say that this is Muslim Brotherhood or this is uh, uh, Al Qaeda. They just replace them with Al Qaeda, Muslim Brotherhood. Then they don't tell the people. And the people, as long as you don't come to their house and try to sell them some swamp land, I'm talking about the people of America, or come to their house and try to, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not people you can't scam, but if, as long as you don't come by their house and try to sell them a million dollars worth of, I mean, you know, a encyclopedia set that's worth a thousand dollars, I mean, they're not, they're, they're, we're brilliant people. When when you try to scam us, we're really stingy sometimes. If you wouldn't try to go door to door and sell something, it's very hard. Somebody came by my house trying to sell vacuum cleaners. Uh, the other day, and I let him know, man, we we're not gonna buy no vacuum Hoover vacuum cleaner. That thing cost he thought about it cost two thousand dollars, and there's a a plan. Uh, there's a payment plan. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? Uh, speaking of economy, uh, it says the market crash could hit within weeks. Warns bankers. Uh, this is an article coming out of the Telegraph. And uh, we know that the United States... Uh, let me go back to the comment right quick, and then I'll proceed on um, to the rest of the program. Um, we know that, um, if you know what the Ring of Fire is, is, is tectonic plates, um, and it's lying in a, in a sort of a circle... But it looks like a square to me. But uh, the Ring of Fire um, is the. It seems like to me the order of uh, stress on the Earth. And when you look at this Ring of Fire, it goes in the order of these current, these last earthquakes. You notice that uh, Chile, Japan, um, New Zealand. You, see, you notice all of those earthquakes, the ones that just happened recently, are all around the Ring of Fire. And there's an open space. If you look at, like, you go on Google Image and you look at a, look at a picture of the Ring of Fire, you can do that on Google Im Image. You notice that California, uh, the West Coast, is empty. There's no earthquakes that have, you know, happened there that are, you know, like the quality the 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 magnitude of the Japanese earthquake a tsunami. So there's an empty space there. So we, I have a feeling that even if common element does nothing, does nothing, which I think it is going to do, but I think that the, the powers that be will already have something ready for the United States. And the United States was a platform for world government. It was the building blocks of the world government. It was the structure, the future, um, uh, not structures, the future uh, martyrdom of the global empire. Uh, so they're going to crash the markets and they're going to put up terrorist attacks and they're going to have natural disasters all at the same time. So the American people will have no idea what hit them. And the judgment of God is falling upon this nation. 
And we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for the president, even though he may not turn. We can't be the judge of that. People could have walked up to Paul and said he wasn't going to turn. At the time, Saul. But Paul, the greatest evangelist, the greatest prophet, he was a prophet. Nobody looks at Paul as a prophet. Paul was a prophet. And... he told us these things will happen. Um, and it says in James, it says in the book of James, it says, Go to you, rich man, weep and howl, for your misery has come upon you. You have stored up treasures in the last days. What last days? The last days. Now, the last days is 2,000 years ago, but mainly he's probably talking about the globalists today, the rich people today. Um, so... The um, chances of a major catastrophe happening in the next couple of weeks is great, folks. Um, it, it's more than great. It's phenomenally great. Uh, I believe that we will see a uh, complete meltdown of the financial system. And here is an article market crash could hit within weeks, warns bankers, a more severe crash than the one triggered by the class of Lindbergh's could be on the way, according to alarm signals in the credit market. <laughs> the article goes on to say, insurance on the debt of several major European banks has now hit historic levels higher higher even than those recorded during the financial crisis caused by the U.S. financial group expulsion nearly three years ago. Credit default swaps on the bonds of Royal Bank of Scotland, BNP, I need to try to read that one, uh, Duchess Bank and Antisopolo. I don't even know why they even stuck that in there. Um, <laughs> Is that a bank? Okay, I'm going. Uh, I'm <laughs> last warning signals of Wednesday. Credit default swap CDS on RBS were trading at 343.54 basis points, meaning the annual cost of to issue uh, 10 million uh, uh, rubles or whatever the heck that is of the state-backed lenders' bounds against uh, default is now uh, three, 30, 300, 343,540. <coughs> Excuse me. The cost of insuring RBS bonds is now higher than before. The taxpayers was forced to step in and rescue the bank in October 2008 and sh- shows the recent dramatic downturn and sentiment among credit advisors towards banks. Um, there's a lot of uh, instruments that they've been creating. Uh, and what did uh, Alan Greens- <laughs> Greenspan say? Creative destruction. And they are creative. You can create something that sounds very beautiful. Uh, makes money out of it, like these credit default swaps, and then it's actually used to poison you. So you bring everybody to the banquet, give them nice pieces of uh, 
poison. And what they have no idea is that the poison will kill them after the fourth party. So you invite these people over your house every four, you know, you know, twice a year, and on the fourth one it kills them. Uh, I never heard of anything like that before, but this credit default default swap is sort of like that. You you will people in, have them addicted to these hobby instrument. Uh, investment vehicles, and then you you pull the plug on them a little bit later. And there's also something called derivatives. Uh, derivatives is uh, highly sophisticated uh, instruments where computers have to generate these investments. A company like Hewlett Packard can come in with a hundred million dollars and buy a billion dollars worth of assets. Uh, I've done it before with smaller way smaller amounts. Come on, you guys. I wouldn't be well. I may. I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all if I was successful. But uh, I traded commodities in 2007. Was successful for a few, and then the Lord started speaking to my heart, and I started being miserable. Uh, and then, and that simultaneously, things started happening where I would, you know, just was not being successful anymore, but I was successful. I saw the the fruits of of taking a couple of thousand dollars and, and turning it. And uh, these people get caught up in these investments, and this is what happens. Uh, so the markets could crash within weeks. Perfect timing. Folks, September is going to be an interesting time, and if you don't know Jesus, as your personal saver, you need to get to know him. Uh, are we saved by just, uh, and I'm changing the subject very quick, but are we saved by just believing that we're saved? So it says, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Well, what kind of belief is the Bible talking about? Is it a belief where I believe I can fly and I just haven't challenged it? You know, how kids, when I was a kid, I used to think I could fly. Or hope. I used to really, in that thinking I could fly, I, can, I actually was hoping I could fly. Uh, <laughs> um, do we believe uh, because it's popular to believe? Or do we believe if you, if 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 I believe that I can graduate from college, which I'm going to do, then probably I will eventually graduate from college. But if I believe and I don't have have the efforts not there, the reality of the belief is not showing. I'm not following through. I'm not trying to go to college. I'm just saying I I I have a notion that I believe. Then you can question the person's belief. The Bible says you know them by their fruits. We have to know Jesus. We have to love Jesus. He has to be the priority of our life. We can't just say we're Christians and Jesus is 15th or fifth, or even third. Jesus has to be first. 
that he who loves me will keep my commandments. What commandments? They're not burdensome. Actually, the commandments of God in the New Testament alone will keep you out of danger. If you read the Proverbs, it will keep you out of danger. That's why he says that sin corrupts. That's why the Bible says sin corrupts. But see, God will keep you out of those nonsense decisions. The word of God will keep you out of those nonsense decisions. Um, so uh, we're going to speak a little bit more on that in a, in a few minutes. But um, for those who have uh, relatives who aren't listening, I'm starting to see uh, and it, and it's coming to a climax of my life uh, where I would see the superficial a superficiality of people saying that they're Christians. And uh, a lot of the preachers that are out there <coughs> aren't helping the situation at all. A lot of the preachers on the mainstream uh, television, uh, the, the 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 men who we supposed to be following, we actually supposed to be following Jesus, but they're setting a poor example for the church. And this example is so poor. And then we have the church making excuses for these men. Yeah, God will forgive us. But my problem is if you have a downfall or if you fall as a preacher, are you going to repent and then sooner or later creep right back into that position or that that mud pile you were in before <sighs> time would tell somebody had told me about two years ago that these preachers that are in the mainstream I'm not going to mention any names today but the preachers in the mainstream are going to start getting judged and that's exactly what's happening, folks. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I am going to come back. I'll be back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station. And you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. 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 
get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. lays out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. Alright, I'm back. Uh... I love those commercials because it's right on point. And the one thing from that I have is uh, phenomenally on site. Um, uh, I'm gonna play it over right now, and I'll, and it's based off Luke 21, which I had no idea that a comet would be headed this way. Um, uh, and it, the comet to me is a sign. Not only, uh, and and I don't think, and uh, let me spend a little time just telling y'all what the world can possibly look like at the time um, before Jesus Christ comes against his people. Um, Armageddon will be on our doorstep. And when I say that, I don't mean the actual Armageddon because that happened seven years later. But the world will believe that we are headed towards Armageddon. And when the Antichrist comes, he will appear to have saved us from our own selves and saved us from the UFOs and the aliens. And do I believe in Nephilim and all that stuff? I don't get involved in that. But I am involved in the. I do think about the deception that the world will be under. And uh, uh, the Bible says, and uh, I'm going to go there right now if my kids ain't tore it out of my Bible. <coughs> um, and that's um, and uh, uh Let's see. And it says that God shall send them a strong illusion that they should believe the lie. 
and and at the beginning of the chapter, it is talking about. Uh, it says, uh, verse Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse one. It says, "Now we beseech you, brethren." And here's two things here. I want y'all to. I had a guy really get ticked off at me. He started yelling at me over the phone. Supposed to be, he was supposed to be a potential guest, but he started yelling at me on the phone. <laughs> That's when you know you got somebody's corner when he yell at you. Anyway, it says, uh, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That's two events, two things. One coming, uh, it's the second coming, but one, this is one, one, it's many events, which I agree with him. Of course, I, I agree with him. But he started saying some other kooky stuff. But, um, these, these are events. Second coming is one, is one whole thing, uh, but it is many events. Um, even the Antichrist rising is a part of that event, the day of the Lord. Um, even the two witnesses, an angel flying through the sky, all that stuff sounds ridiculous. A lot of people are probably laughing at this radio program, saying that it sounds ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> you know, people back at home in Michigan, oh, you listen to um, June, they used to call me Junebug back at home. Go ahead and laugh. Everybody go ahead and get your laugh out. They used to call me Junebug back at home. They say he didn't flip. And until this stuff started happening, uh, I mean, heck, if I just told you earthquakes were going to come on the uh, East Coast yesterday, you'd have said I was going to flip. Uh, and everything. I don't look at everything. Uh, actually, I do. Somewhat, but I don't look at everything as Bible prophecy. You know, every, every five seconds, of, you know, like I got a twitch. Uh, you know, I'm having a, you know, a nervous breakdown because everything's, oh, this is so great. Um, people are gonna die next week. I don't look at that. I don't look at the people. You know, well, when we see Damascus destroyed, we know that it is the end times. <laughs> what a glorious day that would be. No, it won't be a glorious day. People are dead. These people are going to be eternally damned if they're not Christians. And I don't know what's the juggle. I understand that we should be. I'm, 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 hey, folks, I'm praising God that he's coming back soon. I'm going to make sure my dress, my dress is ready. <laughs> are you wearing a dress? Well, the bride of Christ. I'm just joking when I say that. Um, but. As far as wanting Jesus to come back, that's one thing. But as far as wanting him to come back and take his people out <clears throat> before a set time of judgment that will fall upon the earth, God said that this time period, the tribulation time period, was a judgment on the wicked. And then somehow some people are just trying to trying their best to fix the church in this time period. And Revelation chapter 3 says, I, he's talking to the church of Philadelphia. And please read the um, church of Philadelphia's uh, uh, resume, please. And then compare it with Laodicean resume. And you'll see a great contrast. There are some churches that are small 
and medium size that send people out and they're trying to grow and the devil of course is prolonging them to grow and then there's some big churches that are uh, have inside of that church the wheat in the terrace fish they're they're they they are uh they are of course the the bible talked about the wheat and the terrace that there will be in the last days a separation between the two the harvest will come and I believe, folks, the harvest that will come will be the rapture of the church, because the Word of God said that the, the uh, uh, judgment will begin in the house of God, uh, and that will be the case. So, we are definitely and the last days of time. Um, and I really don't care, folks, uh, if you are a pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. I really don't care. Um, but I want y'all to see something um, that's very important. And if we uh, uh, believe that Jesus can come back at any moment, we're going to be ready for the for the. In comparison with a football game, we're going to be ready for the game. For comparing it to a war, we're going to be ready for the war. Comparing it to a graduation or a marriage, we're going to be ready for the marriage, which literally it is a marriage uh, that will be taking place. Uh, caller. Yes. How you doing? Yes, I'm just fine. Uh, I was listening to some of what was being discussed this morning, and uh, we're talking about a lot of these uh, apparent end-time events. We're talking about, I heard something talking about the earthquakes and the hurricanes and the tsunamis and the droughts and all a lot of things that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's been hitting me kind of heavy is this. I mean, I just happen to know this without question. And for those who know Ephesians in the second chapter through the fourth chapter very well, one of the things that needs to be understood is this. I mean, uh, 4, 12 through 13. The Creator doesn't call us by one spirit as a body of believers to represent him differently. How much have we ever considered that? In other words, what I'm saying is this. By one spirit as a body of believers, we all have an obligation. Each individual has an obligation to seek the pure and perfect word of the Creator that we might be one. But what I see is happening here to show that we've deviated far from a foundation is that we've acted as if the grace of the Creator that gives His Spirit, and the Scriptures keep on talking about this Holy Spirit seeks to teach all things and no lie in it. They talk about growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. At the end result of the day, we have basically... <laughs> let's just say amongst the so-called body of believers, been willing to pay pastors, as Sue says, and much, much of what is a grave lack of knowledge mm-hmm. until a multitude of divisions where the multitude of leaders have people, let's just say, in a state of disparity among themselves. Yeah. That yeah. was never, ever intended to be. Yeah. And I heard you say something earlier about the idea about, you know, with regard to this concept of 
uh, I will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You ask the question, is this just like say, you know, are we saved because we believe we're saved? I think mm-hmm. society as a whole has forgotten something. Mm-hmm. Very much so has forgotten something. Mm-hmm. Think about it this way. Does the one who commits the offense tell the one who is offended how there should be a repair or a healing of the relationship. Hmm. Get my point. We live in a society that, by and large, people have understood the real meaning of John 3.16. Y'all so love the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believed in him might not perish. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop and consider. If the world is already divided by its sin, by its multitude of divisive allegiances against divine vision, and by that I mean political religion, institutionalities exist among men, all of them that divide us against the one will is, in fact, in many respects, a curse, a condemnation, a sin. In the word curse, condemnation, sin, separation. There are most of the separations that should never have been because the world was created under peace. Mm-hmm. Well, stop and consider. Do we dare to say that any one of the offenders tells the Creator how we shall make amends? to find an atonement on at one minute again. When you, most of them realize, you're talking about confessing Messiah as your Savior. That means you ask him and petition him for the knowledge of his conscience mm-hmm. so that we know how to repent, how to come back, mm-hmm. how to, let's just say, return to him. In other words, one of my ancient prayers, I mean, from far back as I can remember, one of the first things that came to me was this, Father, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I need to know. I don't even know what's been stuck in my head that doesn't need to be there or that acts as an obstacle against me understanding better. But, Father, you know. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell me, I won't know. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it's kind of like the idea about confessing. You confess his name. You say baptize the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit or the name of the Messiah. The concept that is there is recognizing that if man does not have the type of conscience enough to realize how to become one with the Creator, then you must petition him for his spirit that teaches all things, brings all things to remembrance, uh, you know, rebukes all sin, all that acts as a division. Because if we confess his name and in our hearts are still are still multitude of devotions to partial and perverse ideologies, do we mm-hmm. have an atonement? Yeah, yeah. We don't. I, I, Not yet. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, that is uh, what uh, God has been um pointing out in my life uh is to uh it's time to clean shop folks so it's time to uh to have a true um repentance uh the bible talks about a, a lifestyle of uh of bringing our stuff to the lord and letting him purify it us uh and that's in uh, john first john uh 9 uh and he says in verse first john uh, uh, eight, verse eight. He says that if we say that we have no sin, we make up a liar. Uh, and I've met up with people who believe that uh, they can just have the relationship hovering over their lives when they feel like using it, then they pull it out. Um, and that's not the case. We need a daily walk with Christ. Uh, Jesus. You ever stop consider this? You ever stop consider this? That most of us don't realize, understand, if before Messiah, 
this world was already divided, yeah. and we still see it divided today. Yeah. Well, I can put it to you this way. The one time I remember riding, uh, riding down the street, and I pulled up behind the car, and it said, pray for world peace. And the way it's spelled world peace is W-H-I-R-L-E-D-P-E-A-S. <laughs> and I got to thinking when I looked at that thing. I saw this idea about we need to do we indeed need to pray for world peace. Because what was the world created for? Under one creator, it never, definitely was not created for man to take, let's just say, control of the resources and compel people after divisive ideals and, you know, fighting amongst one another and then causing our allegiances to be under something less than the creator's will, calling it protection. That yeah. doesn't make any sense, but that's, what, that's what, what has happened in the world. Anyway, long story short, I looked at that and I asked the Lord, I said, you know, why do we not have world peace? And he said the same ideals are misplaced ideals and perverse ideals that divided this world in the beginning still exist among us today. And until we realize that the eventuality of all the prophecies, like, for instance, Ezekiel 37, Relates the idea that, well, that scripture in Ezekiel 37, other scriptures in uh, Zephaniah, other scriptures in Zechariah, talks about one day his name shall be one. We shall all have one shepherd. Well, i got to ask a question. Why are we not looking for that eventuality where instead of having a multitude of leaders that divide us against one bit, yeah. why are we not looking for that, for whatever is necessary to transcend, and whatever is necessary to transcend the allegiances we have now? Yeah. The are obviously sinful ideas we have now. Why are we not looking for what will bring us to that ultimate common culmination? And what it requires is, well, look what the Scripture says in Revelation 2nd and 3rd. He who has ears and hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, how many are still listening to the Spirit or letting pastors and leaders keep them from understanding what greater truths we need to awaken to? But here's yeah. something I also heard you speaking about. You spoke about 2nd Thessalonians. There's a mystery to Second Thessalonians that most have not really paid attention to. If you look at the first part of Second Thessalonians, second chapter, it talks about our gathering together with him. Mm-hmm. Look at that scripture in the context of Isaiah, the 11th chapter, and it was talking about, ultimately, the restoration of the tribes of Israel. Now, here's something that might sound really amazing about this. Remember the scripture says, powers of tradition coming right into the church. Well, what, is, what do you think it was when the West came into the East where the faith already was and started to bring in a lot of polytheist perception, corrupting the church? And you turn around and look at the, some of the first buildings that Rome made in the East, like you start looking at Constantinople, look at the Constantinople and Byzantium, and look at, look at these, a lot of what's inside in terms of architecture, painting, uh, if you want to call it sculptures and whatever. This stuff is completely pagan. Okay, so positive petition coming right there in the midst of the church so that wicked men, the word for wicked also means lawless. That means they don't abide by the law of the creator. Wicked men, lawless men sit in the temples as if they were godly. Well, guess what? The scripture says those who believe that illusion, which understand what I mean by that. It means it wasn't the faith at all. It was the corruptions of man having entered into the churches. Same thing you find in Jews. And the end result is the scripture says that when Messiah comes, that he's going to expose all these mysteries of iniquity or sins that the sins that have entered that people don't realize are there. Well, mm-hmm. maybe he's uh, exposing them uh, for the sake of uh, the harvest because uh, 
I had a few uh, about two years ago. Somebody had told me that all the all these pastors would become exposed, and right after that, one after the other, they started getting exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I, 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 this this show technically uh, is a, a prophecy show. I got another show that you know talks about a lot more other things, and I got some hosts that actually go into or at least one host goes into uh, the church. Uh, and, 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 yeah, there are divisions. Matter of fact, in the African-American community, my own, me and your own community, uh, there is um, what you call hidden racism. Um, and some of us out cold bluntly. Um, I've been around, you know, I, I, went, home, I went home on leave, and uh, I've, and I'm not gonna mention who it is because person's dear to me. But <laughs> they some people still have the the spirit that you know it's the white man or it's the black man, you know. And I don't hear too many white people say it because of course that won't, that wouldn't be kosher to do that, at, you know, because I'm black and I'm sitting there. But I've seen a lot of white people, or black people, who would say that it's the white man's fault. Um, but technically, um, if you want to get all down jiggy with it, it is uh, it, it, it's it's the it's it, it is a they don't know this though, but it is a globalist agenda ran by mostly um, uh, white men. But if they knew that, it would bring them to the cross, because if they knew the agenda of these white men who turn around and these white men hate white men. <laughs> you, I mean, you would know it. I mean, and I'm not expecting you to believe, uh, agree with me, bro. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, the devil. We forget the enemy. There's a true enemy in the Word of God. It started in the in the in the Garden of Eden, and he told he told the woman, you know, if you he God knows if you eat this, he, you're gonna be like him. And and technically, when T.D. Jakes made the movie. Uh, woman, he thou out loose, and I think he even made a book. Um, technically, that's what he was. The Satan was telling them, "Woman, you are you are, you are loose." I mean, whatever the heck it is. But um, the frame of the family uh, was supposed to be the man over the woman, and and she's supposed to be a partner with him. Of course, he's not supposed to be dogging her out, nothing like that. But when 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 the when you're telling a woman to go out and you're out, you're loose. You're loose. That means that you, you know, you own the show. That's women's live. So, I mean, I know I'm all off the bandwagon. I'm all, I'm all over the place. But a lot of times I try to stick with prophecy on the show because I know if I start getting into this other stuff, I will just explode and start getting, you know, because I, I see, I see the formality of, of, uh, you know, when I go around, I, I talked to this one lady in church at a restaurant, and I was like, praise God, you know, Jesus is coming. He looked at me like I was crazy. I well, mean, I'll make a long story short. I'll make a long story short about all this. And you see, I think it's amazing that we are told not to lean down understanding. And we always want to sit back and talk about the idea about the corruptions that we see. I think the first step is what Messiah says, is that you first get the beam out of your own eye. And yeah. the fact of the matter is many of us always want to say the corruption I live elsewhere. Let yeah. me tell you something. Remember what I told you before, one of my prayers, say, I don't know where something has been stuck in my head that doesn't need to be. Yeah. If you think about it in the context of Genesis 6 chapter, 
it says that the thoughts of man have become evil continually. It doesn't yeah. mean that people knew that their thoughts had become evil. It didn't mean yeah. they even knew their thoughts had been in some respect perverted. But they had been, let's just say, so blinded by whatever allegiances or orientations in this world that they or had, you know, had been, let's just say, oriented to, yeah. that uh, they didn't recognize the sin that was in it. Remember what the scriptures talk about. It says, uh, when they're talking about not after the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of Yah. When you look at that scripture from that context, what it's actually trying to tell people is this, that the salvation of man won't be according to any of these, any polluted perception of man, period. When it says salvation not of works as any man supposed to mean that won't be according to the conceits of man. The creator already had a plan that he wanted this world to ultimately follow. And any of the fallen systems that we see in this world is not, is not totally incomplete in every way harmonious with that has acted as an obstacle against our attaining to peace. The problem that exists, by and large, is we want to each make ourselves a standard rather than asking him what is his standard for us. Because understand, a liar doesn't tell you that he's lied to you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you ever saw this movie where they said that they were, the system does everything it could, it can to trick us into believing that we need a system that in some respect keeps us in many respects oppressed or blinded. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's time to wake up past all of that. Because frankly, if you look at Isaiah 59, it tells us that when the scriptures say when Messiah appears, the reason why he appears because the Most High looked upon men and saw there was no justice. He was displeased and saw there was no intercessor. Now, that's a very scary scripture if you think about it. Because it means the world needs a savior because guess what? No one is praying fully enough according to the will of Yah, to make the real difference and change in this world that is necessary because the world has to recover that conscience again. Yes, sir. Everybody wants to say that they've already attained that conscience. Look at Isaiah 59 closely. It talks about the corruptions of man being so great that according to even Psalm 14 and Psalm 53, the Creator looked upon men so there was none who understood how much they really, really need to seek Yah. Well, we got a problem here then. Because we're all talking about being ready rather than getting prepared for him who will show us how to truly get right again. And that in itself is a true problem because guess what? It means there's a fall from faith. Faith in him means we know that his is a greater conscience. And we need to look to him to awaken our minds to the dimension of conscience with which he is pleased because it's stop and consider if one scripture says in Acts 3:18 through 23, basically what it's saying is this, is that from the beginning it's always been known by those who truly were attuned that when Messiah comes, he's going to judge the whole world according to all that has been spoken by the Holy Prophet since the world began. Well, guess what? How do you get a new covenant out of that rather than just the idea about we need to remember and be renewed to the knowledge of what is a covenant? Because if we say we have a law and say we have a standard, but we can't cooperate, do we have a covenant at all? Hmm. We're going to have to realize the reason why Messiah comes is ultimately to show us fully and completely again what is a covenant beyond all the leaderships that have torn us apart from one. I mean, look, yep. at, Malachi, uh, look at Malachi in the uh, second going into the third chapter. It talks about to the priest, the old priest, this commandment is for you, second chapter. And it talks about the idea about how they weary the people, weary the Lord, 
or let's just say not weary the Lord as much as, you know, act as an obstacle against the purity of his message going forth. Why? Because they say that everyone who walks after his own, let's just say, in some respect, tainted or corrupted or partial or neglectful way, is still somehow good in the Lord's sight and that he delights in such. And it says Messiah himself is going to make these corrections. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you. And it's not going to happen that way. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you for coming on, man. What's your name? I never got your name. <laughs> uh, the name is Adam, yeah. I, I have a show there on Blog Talk. But, you know, oh, hey, man, okay. it's time to wake up to the reality and stop being tricked by institutions that want yeah. to constrain our minds to something less than when the Creator wants to constantly show us more. Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you, bro, for coming on, man. I enjoyed your talk. God bless hey, you. Hey, y'all bless and shalom. Yep, God bless. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We actually went past our time, and we're just going to keep uh, going for a little bit. Uh, the recording is still going, uh, and uh, I guess that's a new change in uh, log talk, uh, and uh, I'm I'm all right with that. So I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. heard it was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. To join the conversation Fridays, 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prophecy Jesus. Now, we don't go blowing up people and killing our enemies because God never told us to do so, but we're literalists in our interpretation of what the Bible says. We believe it verbatim, we believe it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we live accordingly. So why is that so hard to believe that Muslims would do the same because the Quran puts no limitations on the violence and the war against those who stand opposed to Islam, where the, the Bible and the New Testament, especially in grace under which we live, Jesus never mandates that we do such a thing. So, you know, they're literalists, and we are literalists. Theirs causes them to be violent. Rapture Ready Radio, live on Tuesday and Saturday, and the BB Report live on Thursday. Visit www.raptureadyradio.com for more show information. Hey, everybody out there. My name is Phil Armstrong, and I'd like to invite y'all to join us on the Prophecy Zone every Thursday and Sunday as we talk about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about world events like the Mark of the Beast, 
Israel, Middle East peace talks, Middle East wars. We're going to be talking about things like the end time generation that we live in because we are living in the final days. So join us on the Prophecy Zone. will go in front of the UN to ask for statehood. Uh, and uh, the day after that is National Peace Day. But first, uh, go figure. And they shall say peace and safety. This National Peace Day has always been in September. For the, for, I don't remember. I don't actually know the start of it. I didn't, I didn't read the article in the full. But uh, this National Peace Day uh, is every September, and uh, go figure, it's right after that day of the times when, now I don't know if there's going to be immediate votes, I don't know the logistics of the UN, but I don't know if it's going to be immediate vote <coughs> that day, or they're going to discuss it that day. But uh, where would the United States be at, at this time? Where would they stand? Would they abstain from a vote? Or would they um, go ahead and vote for that to be the case? Um, the dividing of Jerusalem. Uh, the Word of God says... Uh, that we are not to divide Jerusalem. And God said that you have parted my land. Uh, and is this something we really want to do? He who blesses Israel will be blessed. He who curses Israel will be cursed. Revelation uh, uh, Genesis um, 12. And um, the things that are happening uh, in our, uh, as far as the earthquakes, which no one got hurt, but it is a warning shot, uh, and uh, the hurricanes and things that are happening are almost, you can almost say they're normal, but unusual. I mean, I can see these things happening a couple of years ago. Maybe, and you know, and then five, you know, ten years later, we're still doing it. But um, the time that we're living in is kind of unusual. Now, to revert back to what the last caller was talking about, I'm going to say this: is that judgment will begin in the house of the Lord. That's found in Peter. Uh, the judgment of God. He will be. He will make the judgment on one particular day. And I, I've never, ever heard anyone um, address that issue uh, 
of how can judgment begin in the house of the Lord and what will be the method of judgment if we are on the earth and there's no rapture, there's no, you know, there's no separation. Because he said in Matthew 20, I mean, he said in Matthew, the book of Matthew, Matthew, Luke, and John, Mark, Luke, and John, that uh, he will separate the wheat from the uh, chaff, I mean, from the uh, he would separate the wheat from the tares. And uh, the Bible talks about judgment shall begin in the house of the Lord. Now, how would that happen unless there has to be some type of a rapture of the church? Uh, and that's the only way that judgment could begin in the house of the Lord. Unless he start killing people off and start taking people's money, but that doesn't even sound feasible. I mean, in that case, individuals would be judged for that matter. As far as the uh, getting a plank out of our own eye, I think that's something we should be doing anyway. I don't have on this show. I don't talk about uh, what's going on in the church world. I don't really focus on on that. I let Susan Pozio do that, and there's some other people out there and um, that is exposing these things. Um, they're exposing themselves. I mean, if we sit if we sit around and we say, "Well, let let us get the plank out of our own eye," and all this stuff, how long does it take to get a plank out of your eye? I guess a plank is pretty big, but um, the relationship with Christ will remove that plank. That plank is is, is is just telling the closeness that we have or the or the distance we have in, in Christ. Um, and I think everybody should be getting the plank out of their eye. That's the beauty of the pre-trib rapture. You start getting, a, you, you not only get the plank out of your eye for talking about another brother or sister. I mean, the Bible never said after you get the plank out, what do you do after you get the plank out? And it did not say in, in Matthew 7 that you you shouldn't judge that person after that. What what I mean by judge is uh, if somebody runs a red light and they hit you, we make judgments every day. We're not going to beat the person up for, for, you know, running a red light and hitting me, but you're going to make a judgment. You're not knowing you're making a judgment. Everybody makes judgments. I mean, they're, you know, little girls in high school making a judgment if, if the boy is cute or not. You got kids making judgment of am I going to play football or not or not or 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 what? You know, am I going to go to the prom or am I going to beat this guy up and I'm going to be a really big a bully? We make judgments every day, folks. Not only does the bully make a judgment to beat up the dude, the kid, he makes a judgment on the kid. He deserves to be beat. Am I trying to be funny? No. I'm just trying to make a point that we all make judgments. But as far as Christ exposing people, yeah, he is exposing the church. He's going to expose me if I got something hidden. That's why I have to bring it to him. I have to have a contrite heart. The mink of the earth, should, the mink should inherit the earth. 
the Bible says if you don't come to me as a little child, you're not worthy of me. We have to come to Christ as a little child, folks. We have to have a humble heart. We have to understand. And and as far as the knowledge is concerned, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Instead of letting a preacher tell you what you should be thinking, you need to grab the Bible and pray that you need to have understanding. Give me understanding. And what I can't understand, help me. Instead of just taking what a pastor say, oh, I got to get get up, get the kids up, put some Stacy Adams on my little eleven year old boy. He looks so cute. Oh, let's look at the little little Sharana. She looks so pretty. Let's get up. Let's go to church. Let's get up in the car. Let's go. You know, hey, praise the Lord, and everybody clapping and stuff, and then they back in the car again. Oh, Pastor John showed it had the had a good sermon, but did you see Sister Betty's dress? You know, stuff like that. I mean. Did that? If, are you gonna even listen to the pastor? I mean, for real. But uh, that a lot of people go into church every Sunday, and we walk away and we forget what we look like. And what, while the Word of God was exposing us to the true light of what we really look like, and we're we we we're, we're grasping. The, the Holy Spirit is talking to us, is telling us, this is what I, you need to do. This is what you need to, this is how you are. This is what you are. You know, the pastor's preaching to you. You're sitting there, you're listening. And then as soon as church over, you go give a couple people hugs, a couple people kisses. You know, you go get a little snack down at the, you know, concession stand. And by the time you're out of the church, you forgot what the sermon was about, even though it spoke to your heart. And it could be the pastor's best sermon. That's why the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it also can turn around and be the fact that you have a pastor that's just talking about all kinds of nonsense. A lot of storytelling, a lot of fables, a lot of innuendos, a lot of people, a lot of, lot of, you know, backsliding among the leaders. Of the pastors now, am I judging them? Yeah, you can say that. I'm not judging them to hell, but I'm telling you that we have some pastors in a pool pit that are not too good of an example, and these things are going to come back to hunt us as a church. It already has. So where does the judgment begin? It begins in the house of the Lord. How could how could how could judgment begin in the house of the Lord um, if there is no rapture? That's the same. That's the question I'm still asking. It's it's almost impossible uh, for that to happen. Judgment must be. That's why it says in Luke 21. Um, at the end of that chapter, it says, pray that you be found worthy to escape those things and to stand in front of the Son of Man. What does that mean? That means that pray that you will be found worthy to stand in front of Jesus at the demon seat of Christ to get your reward either that is just or unjust what you have done in the body. 
but um, pastors will be uh, those who have had the mantle to preach the gospel. Uh, we are going to have a even harsher. I've never been ordained to preach the gospel to anybody. I'm just taking advantage of the electronics. I don't even call myself. There's no title in front of my name. If you if you notice, I don't believe in titles. I do believe that there are God said it in His Word that the, you know, He have ordained some to be you know evangelists. If you want to call me anything, call me evangelist. You want to call me anything? Call me evangelist, I guess. But I'm not gonna stick it in front of my name. I can get, I don't even care about all that stuff. I just want to make sure the word of God is is given, and is given according to His word. It's not deviated from His word. Um. So people, you know, pray for those leaders on TBN and Word Network. Uh, Pray for those individuals out in the world. There's a lot of pastors being attacked heavily by Satan, and there's a lot of pastors, and I won't take the responsibility off the pastor's shoulders. There's a lot of pastors who are uh, in corruption, or who are fleecing the flock, who don't care about anybody else but getting their own uh, appetites. One, and that's what the Bible is talking about. It said they talked about uh, scoffers should come in the last days, and and after their own lust, say, "Where's the promise of His coming?" And you can do that probably without even preaching about just leaving leaving the gospel out completely. You can leave the gospel out completely, folks. You don't need to talk about the gospel anyway. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. We're not going to restore this earth, folks. We're not going to be... I have bad news for you. If you really think this world's going to be restored, you need to really read your Bible carefully. This, this God is not going to restore this earth the way it is now. This, the, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. It'll be like this world is corrupt and um, this world is cursed from the garden, from Adam and Eve. So if the world is cursed from Adam and Eve, then he is not going to restore the same nasty grass I see out my front window that somebody ain't cut for two weeks. That's not going to be in the millennium. That's not my picture of the millennium. My my picture of the millennium is not potholes on Spokane roads. My picture of the millennium is not on the national news, a beautiful little bitty uh, eight-year-old little baby is handed over for uh, a mom to get drugs. The millennium is not what I picture. A pastor goes into his hotel room, and 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 who knows how he passed away, ends up dead with a white substance in his room. I mean, that's, I really feel bad for that pastor. The millennium is not what I pictured. Uh, people struggling all over the world. Famines and pestilence and earthquakes. The millennium is not what I envisioned when 
three teenagers, four teenagers get in the car on a Friday night and end up dead because somebody was drunk hit them. And it could be true that they were drunk as well, or, or at least the other driver, the other passengers were. A millennium is not when I this. If this is the millennium, it's not when I envision of abortion or sick kids in the hospital. This is not what I envision for the millennium, folks. And if you think it is, you think we're going to restore the kingdom, think again. How do you take a, a, a preacher like Pearson, Pastor Pearson, I don't know his first name, but a guy that was preaching the gospel and all of a sudden doesn't do it again. Now he's talking about universalism and everybody's going to be saved. He's going backwards, folks. He's not going forward. People who believe that the, uh, we are restoring the kingdom, you better look at these pastors. They're going backwards. They're not going forward. The millennium will go forward. And then at the end of the millennium, some people will go a little bit backwards because of the devil has been loosed. But, I mean, I'm seriously, y'all. <laughs> I mean, for real. Are you really seriously believing that we can restore this thing? It's not for us to be a problem solver. We're not to be problem solvers. We can take God's word and preach it. We throw the the net, we put the little food on the fishing rod and toss it out there. And his word will not return back void. His word is not going to return void, folks. His word will not return void. And people are thinking, you know, I I don't really, you know, believe in Bible prophecy, and, and I've heard it before, but, you know, I'll go listen to them and you know, go listen to the pastor, special guests, and then, you know, people don't really believe it. People don't believe it, prophecy. People don't believe Jesus can come back again. People don't believe, they don't believe in the rapture. Now, here, here's the, I got 32 minutes left. Actually, the show been over, but I'm just going, I got 32 minutes left with this recording, so I can keep going. Without having to do it again, I suppose. Um, People who are looking for Christ's return, I, I, I kind of compare that to people who understand their appointment. And what I mean by their appointment is my son is playing football uh, this year. And his team knows they have a schedule and they know when they're going to play their next football game. So they get ready. <clears throat> there are going to be weddings, of course, and this is the last days. Man will be eating and drinking and giving a marriage. So there will be a wedding next week. Somebody's going to have a wedding. Don't you think it's feasible for them to get ready for that wedding? And if they don't, the wedding's going to be talked about all over town is a complete disaster. How about a Texas B 
businessman is trying to sell land to foreigners and he overslips, overslept and they decide to get on the plane and go back home to Japan. How do you think he's going to feel? So you better drink a lot of water and set your alarm clock so you can get to that appointment. How about a high school graduate, a person who's going to graduate from high school but needs his credit, and he, he oversleeps, so he can't make it to the final exam. So his parents and the principal or the teacher have to get together, and thank be to God he gets to take the exam. But was he ready? See, folks, those who believe in the preacher rapture will get ready. Those who don't will say you always have to be ready. But the chances are probably good that they probably not going to be. Unless their relationship with Christ is strong. Now, there are going to be some people who out there who are going to say, well, what are you talking about? Are you saying if you're not looking for Christ, you're not going to be ready? I think looking for Christ brings on the heart of preparation. The heart that you want to see your Lord, but you want, you want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. You want to see Jesus. He's number one in your life. And, and, and trust me, folks, believing that there's a preacher of rapture can make you lackadaisical, as I've been there before. But it, it can also give you a sense that the Lord is going to, you're going to be talking to the Lord. You're going to be, you're going to be standing in front of the Lord. Not only that, you're going to make it and you're going to have an eternal life due to what Jesus has done on the cross for you. So, with that being said, a preacher, a rapture person is looking for Christ. They're not looking for the Antichrist. They're not trying to guess, is it, is it Juan Carlos of Spain or, or Prince Charles or... or Queen Beatrice of the Netherlands. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Or Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy. They're not trying to guess who he is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, folks, the Antichrist is not on the scene. Nowhere to be seen. And since I'm not a famous ministry, nobody's going to listen. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Antichrist is nowhere on the scene. So we're not told to look for the Antichrist, but there are warnings. There are warnings. There are, there are scriptures proclaiming what the world will look like in the tribulation period. But there will be millions and millions, possibly billions of people saved in the tribulation. So they need to know the Antichrist portfolio. They need to know what he's going to be doing. They need to know his resume. They need to know what he's going to be doing frontwards and forwards. So they're going to need to know all that stuff. They're going to need to know that. But just because the Bible gives gives those warnings for the Antichrist does not mean the church is still here. 
And um, don't worry, last caller, the church will be judged. And the church will be uh, harvested, or what would you say, removing the wheat from the tares. And churches will be filled up on that morning or that next Sunday after the rapture. Because if the rapture happened this year, I think it would be on a Tuesday or Wednesday. People think I'm crazy when I say this. Or whatever date Rosh Hashanah is, that next Sunday, churches are going to be filled to the heat, to the hilt. Uh, the next, next, next up on the NATO schedule is, is Syria, and I should have said this earlier in the show, but I'll say it. Uh, we're going to shift our format on September first. And I'm going to let my other hosts know this, that we're not going to be talking about nothing else but news. Um, It is going to be our our new format for at least a a month or two, if we're still here. (laughs) We're going to shift it. This is how much I believe that things are going to start happening in September. We're going to shift our focus to news. we are going to be having I, I want I'm gonna ask the host to have a longer show so they can give a lesson out and they can give their news. Because things are gonna start happening. I'm I'm and the generation, uh nineteen forty eight, Israel became a nation. And um people are asking, what is a generation? What is the size of a generation? Well, Psalms the book of Psalms gives us some uh, 90 gives us the size of a generation uh, and the size of the generation is 90 years uh, so it tells us here uh, it says the days of our years are three score years and ten and if by reason of strength they be four score years, meaning eighty, yeah, it's the strength of labor and sorrow. So uh, Psalms ninety, verse ten, that's where you get that from. So um, the the ninety Psalms ninety gives a generational um, number, and also the genealogy. I think in Matthews was broken down by um, uh, Jack Van Empey and a few other scholars, and it, and it talked about uh, the generation being 52 years. So uh, I don't know if you go from 1967, you might end up with something like the, the numbers from there. Um, so that is one of the reasons why said, Jesus said in Matthew 24, this generation shall not pass until these things be fulfilled. I have done what I'm supposed to do, I reckon, uh, according to God, um, uh, his word on this ministry. We've been a watchman. We've been warning people that Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, if you listen to one of my shows, I, I, I 
I was saying that Jesus would come back, and I'm probably going to play that show again, but I'm probably going to uh, use clips off of it. And I was saying that Jesus could come back either 2008, 9, 10, or 11, but possibility he will be coming back in 2011. And I remember saying that. Um, and uh, when we get excited every year, though, 2008, 2009, 2010, he didn't come back, but he had three signals, three signals on the month of all, three eclipses. And remember, once again, Luke 21, there should be signs in the sun, moon, and the stars. Uh, so three eclipses on the month of August. And then, uh, so that's 2008, 9, and 10. And then there's none on 2011 on the month, the times of the 9th of August. Excuse me, I meant to say the 9th of August. And um, which makes it the carrier. And, but here here we go, 2011, it's here, and you see all these little bitty things leading up to the um, climax of time, or at least the climax of the church age. The church was created um, in the times of Pentecost, which is a feast, a feast of the Lord. And the feast of the Lord uh, is found in Leviticus 23, and it talks about the feast. Uh, you talk about uh, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pente Passover, Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacle. And uh, Jesus fulfilled the first three feasts when he was here. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruit, the Feast of Passover. Of course, I those are backwards. Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and then Pentecost. So he fulfilled all the first four, three feasts. And then the Holy Spirit fulfilled the middle one. And, and then... Uh, Jesus will fulfill the, the remaining three. And um, so the church was taken out at past, uh, the church was formed at Pentecost, and the church will be taken out at Tabernacle, uh, at Feast of Trumpets, which is known as the time that no man knows the day and hours. It's, it's based off a of Jewish intim, uh when the father sends the uh, someone out to get a son, a uh, wife for his son, and the and it used to be a time when somebody would walk up to an individual and say, "When are you? When is your son getting married?" Or the, and they walk up to the son and said, "When are you getting married?" He says, "Only my father know only." And that's what that meant. So when Jesus was sitting, standing there in front of uh, his disciples. He said, no man knows today and hour. He was trying to tell them that he'll be coming back on a future Rosh Hashanah. So the future Rosh Hashanah is upon us, folks. And this is the generation. The generation will run out in 2018. It says this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. So God is has a time clock. People think God is just going to just oh go get your go get your uh, bride go get her. Uh, but okay, well, he, God doesn't work like that. He has a time. God is a if you if you read if you look at mathematics, man didn't invent mathematics, folks. There's probably mathematical equations that God can solve that the, the man has never thought about <coughs> still. 
So you don't think God, he came back exactly the first time he came and walked on a donkey into Jerusalem. And he told those, why are your disciples shouting? Why are these people shouting? He says, if they don't shout, the very walls will shout. Um, so <laughs> uh, he came into that town the exact time period that he's supposed to by the Old Testament prophets, the exact day he rode into Jerusalem. He also uh, was um, delivered over for 30 pieces of silver, uh, which the Bible prophesied. He also died on the cross and was rose from the dead the exact time periods that he's supposed to be. So what makes you think that this everything is going to be different? Pretty soon, folks, you guys are going to be able to see that we are in the end times. And a lot of people are just going to look the other way. They're just going to think it's just another 9-11. But this time it's going to be worldwide catastrophes. Worldwide catastrophes that will rock the whole world and make us understand that uh, Jesus is coming soon and our our maker, we're going to be able to meet our maker at this time. But uh, anyway, uh, God bless everybody out there. I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, but we're going to uh, start up with a new format on September 1st where... Um, uh, we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy, uh, and we're going to be talking about the news. The show's going to be based off the news for at least a month. And we'll see what happens after September. Yeah, we're going to be in heaven on the pearly gates, or are we going to be uh, still here in the potholes of Spokane, Washington? But... <laughs> God bless everybody out there. Y'all have a wonderful day.